Yo, 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 it's Bernard, aka the Scarlet Spider, just chilling in the very dimly lit room. And I'm Samir, the King in Black. And welcome to another episode of the Angry Birds Podcast. Where the nerds are black and the nerds are angry. Alright guys, first things first, I am not home, so I am up in St. Augustine at a friend's house. So, please excuse the bad lighting. I did not bring my ring light. Because Unprofessional. Curlish. Bitch, you don't even have a ring light. You sit in front of a bright ass TV. OLED, son. But yeah, so don't worry. Lighting will be back to regular next week. We got a lot of news this week, and we're going to be reviewing Creed 3, uh, episode 2 of season 3 of The Mandalorian, and episode 8 of The Last of Us, which is the penultimate episode of the season. All right, so first bit of news of the week. So we got some Daredevil Born Again news, and this makes everyone very, very, very excited. John Bernthal will be reprising his role as Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher. Bernthal or Barenthal? Barenthal. What did I say? Bernthal. Oh, no, it is Bernthal. B-E-R-N-T-H-A-L. Bernthal. So, yeah. So, he will be coming back. And Deborah Ann Walt and what's the name? Alden Ellison, who played uh, Karen Page and Foggy Nelson. Uh, no confirmation on their return, but it is rumored that they could possibly be recast. And speaking of recasting, so the actress who originally played Vanessa Fisk um, on the Netflix series has been recast by Sandrine Holt. So I know her mainly from the reboot of MacGyver that was on CBS a few years ago. Hmm. So yeah. Uh, she was um, uh, I can't find the original actress's name. But yeah. And the director will be Michael Pusta, who worked on Dexter, Elementary, and Blue Bloods. Oh, and he also directed the pilot for Homeland. So I can't wait to see what they do. Hopefully they push the envelope because a lot of people are like, man, it's on Disney Plus. It's going to be TV 14. I want my blood and stuff. We don't know what it's going to be. Did they, did they watch Werewolf by Night? Uh, I think Werewolf by Night was TV 14. It was, was it? I'll double check on the Disney Plus app real quick. What? No, you can't. Oh, I know, isn't he cute? He's all on the screen. I'm like, Arthur, get the fuck away. No, he's not. He's um, back there. No, when you were, when, before. Yeah, Werewolf by Night is TV-14. No, I'm talking about when you were, before we started recording. But yeah, Werewolf by Night was TV-14. What you got, man? Oh, I'm still getting myself set up. Come on, but, really? Alright, so what do you think of the um, Team and T uh, trailer? Uh, Stalker. Why? And, and it's not because of the cast. I have no problem with the cast being actual, you know, people in their teens or early 20s. Okay. I don't know a lot of the cast. The only person I actually know from the cast is Shimon Brown Jr. I think Jackie he's Chan? In... No, I'm talking about for the Turtles. 
Oh. Yeah. Um, I believe he's doing the voice of Michelangelo. And uh, I know him from being on the shy as Papa. Right. But, I mean, is it really that important to know them? As long as they're good? No. No. I'm not saying that you got to know them. I'm just saying, like, he's the only person I know who's, you know, you know. What else don't you like? I don't like the design of the turtles. I have no problem with April being black. Because everyone's mad about that, but people did not watch what was, what was not, not the 2012 series. I want to say Rise of Snake Ninja Turtles, April was black. April was black on one of those Nickelodeon. She was black in two iterations, actually. The Nickelodeon one with the CGI animation. She was black. No, she no, was no. She was white in that. Yeah, no, it was just a, it was just the recent. Just the, yeah, the more recent one. So it's like, why are people getting mad about that? But yeah, so let's go over the voice cast. So we got Nicholas Cantu as Leonardo, Shimon Brown Jr. as Michael Angelo, Micah Abbey as Donatello, Brady Moon as Raphael, Jackie Chan as Splinter, AOR Birdie, um, who we just talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, she's on that show that I was telling you about on Hulu, The Bear. Oh. Yeah, she's April. Seth Rogen is Bebop. John Cena is Rocksteady. <coughs> Why don't we always oh, get wrestlers to do one of the voices of Bebop or Be- Bebop or Rocksteady? Because I think Seamus was Rocksteady in um, almost that Shredder's Revenge. Out of the shadows. So yeah, John Cena is Rocksteady. Uh, Harold Burris is Genghis Frog. Rose Byrne is Leatherhead, so they gender swap Leatherhead. Oh. Uh, Ice Cube is Superfly. That is an original character. There's no knowledge whatsoever of Superfly. At first, I thought they meant Baxter Stockman, but no. So Post Malone is Ray Follette. Um, I don't know if Ray Follette was ever in the original cartoon. I'm actually rewatching it now. I just started it today. Um, but I know Ray Follette from the comic. Uh, Maya Rudolph. Oh, Paul Rudd is Mondo Gecko. Maya Rudolph is Sinchair Utron, which I guess isn't supposed to be an Utron. Maybe like they're gender swapping uh, Krang. I don't know. But his race is called Utrons. Uh, Natasha Demetrio is Wingnut, so um, another gender swap. And Giancarlo, uh, Giancarlo Esposito is Baxter Stockman. Hmm. Yeah, I have no problem with the animation. They're only like that Spider Verse style with like very slow frame rates, it looks like. Maybe like maybe somewhere between like 20 to 30, maybe even lower. But yeah, I mean. I just don't know. I mean, we, we, we already knew this movie was coming out because we talked about it, I want to say, like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, when we found out the Seth Rogen was doing it and we were kind of skeptical. You, um, But both of us, mainly because of the Green Hornet. But we also got to give Seth Rogen a little bit of grace because he has... I mean, the boys and... Um, the boys, Invincible, Invincible. Yeah, He's he redeemed himself. He's redeemed himself. Yeah. But yeah, so we got to take this one with a grain of salt. And he actually—I'm excited about it, and I often enjoy when they um, give physical distinction between the turtles. Yeah, I mean they're not yeah. biologically brothers. We we, never, we don't actually know that, right? But I'm saying they can be different species of turtle. They're not. They're all the same breed. They're just slightly different. Variations. They can be though. I get that, but you know they're not going to make you know. Leonardo, a, a snapper turtle, or whatever. That there's only one snapper turtle in the entire mythology of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and that's Slash. 
So sometimes he's a snapper turtle, sometimes he's a turtle from Dimension X. The turtles, the turtles are legit, literally like turtles that you can buy at a pet store. I mean, how many yeah, variations of turtles you can buy at a pet store? Is the no, mind you, you can buy a lot of variations of turtle at a pet store, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. But yeah, so. I mean, what I've seen in the trailer looks good. It's just the execution. And we already know Samir's going to have to wait to see the critics' score on Rotten Tomatoes. But uh, Mayhem does come out on April 4th. But yeah, I'm just surprised they actually got Ice Cube to do a voice. I mean, why? I, I don't think Ice Cube has ever done voice work on anything. That's not true. What did he do? A he voice definitely did voice work before. On, I'm looking at his filmography right now, dude. I'm not. I mean, he did a voice in a video game in Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, he did. Oh no, he, he was just the producer on the Friday the Enemy. Series. So I'm looking at his filmography right now, dude. I am not seeing any animation whatsoever. Yeah, it's all live action, dude. Uh he's done it before. Bro, I can read every I can read every movie right now. Boys in the Hood, Trespass, C B four. Alright, we don't, you don't gotta go through all that. Okay, so why are you trying hey, to Hey, you remember Torque? No one remembers Torque. That movie was awful. It was trying to be fast. Whatever happened to Martin Henderson? Um, he lives oh, he was an ex. Look at that. You're the main one talking shit, and you watched the movie that he was in. Hey, it was good. And he lives in LA, but yes, I saw that. Oh, yeah, Book of Life. The Book of Life? Yes. Who was Ice Cube was in the Book of Life? Uh-huh, apparently. I didn't even see that on here. Oh, no. Uh, no, yeah, he's an actor. Yeah. The candle maker. Yeah. All right. So one roll. <laughs> I know this is extensive filmography. But yeah, so Mutant Mayhem drops in August. What did I say? August 4th? Yeah, August 4th, 2023. We're going to take it with a grain of salt. But I'm not highly excited. See, I don't know if it's because I've been reading Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics for a decade plus. I would have preferred for them to go the route of the IDW. So you can still have your origin story, but put a plot twist on it. So, bro, did you know that in the original cartoon, Shredder, I mean, not Shredder, Splinter was a human who got turned into a rat? No. Yeah, like I said, I'm rewatching the show. So, yeah, that was a thing. So do what they did in the comic. Have them be reincarnated versions of themselves from feudal Japan. I mean, it's right there, dude. Just adapt. Just adapt the comic, and I don't know. I, okay, look. If you're gonna, my, my my philosophy is at this point in my life is if you're gonna do it, do it well. All right, we don't need another uh, Mortal Kombat debacle. All right, where they 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 try something new and it was terrible. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. You can't replace a turtle with a whole brand new character because we had that debacle in the 90s but nobody was replaced. Uh, it was a character who went along the lines of, who went along the name of Venus de Milo. <laughs> to the point where Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman said this person does not exist. Like, um, I can't it remember. It was awful. Right I think it was Sophie Robinson. I forget, what was her, what was her stick? 
she she could she had magic. Oh God. And I and I kind of want to go back and watch Next Mutation since I'm on this like turtle no, since since I got Shredder's Revenge and been playing the Kyle Bunga collection. Bro, I mean I downloaded the whole eighty-seven series, all ten seasons. Because of video games. So yes, I kinda do want to watch the next mutation. But no, you don't. where was I going with this? Maybe me forget my train of thought. Oh yeah. So the I don't I think it was uh more recently, I can't remember the name of the writer, unfortunately. She basically had the big idea of you to let them make her own version of Venus. In their version, Venus was a human who got turned into a mutant frog who got uh, experimented on by a mad scientist who is now, uh, she traveled to the future, met her future self. They kind of like did like this weird brain sync. So now she's actually a full turtle as opposed to like some Frankenstein monster. Her mask is actually like, it's like a, it's like a tattoo. So it looks cool. Like, yeah. But like I said, tentatively excited. Got to see where it goes. All right. So that was your story. I pretty much took over, but I'm going to go ahead and go on to my next story. So mm-hmm. the Penguin uh, series coming to HBO Max. Samira, are you excited about that? I mean, we know how you feel no. about basic street level thugs in the Batman verse. I, I never found them interesting, I, honestly. It's like if I want to see uh, mob mob drama, I watch The Sopranos. Like, I, I think they need to pull yeah, it back. Yeah, but The Sopranos is so dated. Look, the point is, if I want to see... Keep in mind, it's, it's one villain. I mean, that's Penguin's whole shtick. Yeah, but he... It, that's why he's never... That's why he's never one thing. Like, he, I don't know how they're going to do it. It's just going to be riveting crime drama. That is it. That doesn't read... That doesn't breathe Batman to me. Well, that's why... Because it's... I mean, bro, what what do you think the odds are that Robert Pattinson's going to suit up and show up in this series? Not much. The dude's exactly. busy. He work, He's just constantly on a move. He's on a move right now. Yeah, exactly. So, basically, the reason why I bring this show up is because, once again, this man is stepping his toe into the DC universe. The voice of the uh, Lex Luthor in our Superman 90 series that we had growing up, Clancy Brown, who more recently saw on The Mandalorian, it was in Sleepy Hollow, he was more recently on something else I can't remember, but he will be playing Salvatore Moroni. Mm. So, so, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get. Oh, he was on Dexter New Blood. He killed uh, Jamie Chuck. Oh, yeah. So not Jamie Chung. Yeah. So the synopsis is: Brown will appear as Savito Maroney, a notorious Gotham City crime boss. The character was referenced repeatedly in the Batman as his arrest by corrupt Gotham officials and the collapse of his criminal empire allowed for. Carmine Falcone's organization to rise. Maroney was previously played by on-screen actors like David Zayas in Gotham and Eric Roberts in The Dark Knight. So yeah, don't forget Clancy Brown is also Mr. Krabs in the Spongebob. He was also in Shawshank Redemption and he will also oh, he was in Highlander? And he will be in John Wick Chapter 4. So um, as far as Elseworlds stuff goes, there's not a lot of it that I like. I like the Batman. I like Superman and Lois. So I will be giving the penguin a shot. Uh, I might try. To- it's not that I outright hate it. It's just that I'm not seeing a reason yeah, to yeah, watch I'm not it. Interested in it? Yeah. It's mob stuff. Like I, that does again. That doesn't read Batman. No, we're wrong. Batman's stick. Is, is he has to root out organized crime. We get it. It's just how long does he have to do that? And does that have to be the focus? I don't know, man. But yeah, so maybe I can, you know. Strong Arm Samaritan Watson. I don't know. Talk to me. 
You know, Rob Patterson is uh, close friends with the uh, rap group uh, Death Grips. Never even heard of Death Grips, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. What's your next story? Okay, so next story. Hang on. Wait a minute. 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 All right, that was last week. Hang on. Oh my god, dude. Hang on, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm I know, scrolling. but you're not talking at all. I'm just trying to cut the avoid the dead air editing. It's you late. Not. It's late. Did you go get your bowflex? You want to talk about? No, nah, I had to work today. You want to talk about um the Star Wars film updates? I mean, yeah. Go ahead. All right, Take so story. The film updates, uh, I don't know, I thought I'd put that there. The film updates, uh, we have Kevin Feige's uh, project, Rogue Squadron, shelved. No, Kevin Feige and Rogue Squadron. Patty Jenkins was working on Rogue Squadron. Kevin Feige was working on his own thing. Takwa Titi is still working on his film. And uh, from the Miss Marvel director, um, uh, Charmaine. Wow, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Charmaine Abdiag Chinoy. The problem is, yeah, it's hyphenated, so that makes it harder. So that's in the works. I don't know. The idea that we have a slower pace of Star Wars projects. Well, Bob Iger's slowing down everything. He's basically saying that, um, yeah, you guys fucked up while I was going. So you saw what Solo did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You butchered Rise of Star Wars. No, I'm saying it was a box office bomb. That's what he's saying. So he's restructuring everything. Like he's saying, like the MCU is oversaturated. So he's he's putting a hold on that. He's like, yo, characters don't need four fucking movies. So we're Mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna slow that down as well. All right. So yeah. What does he mean by characters? I mean more four movies. Who got four movies? Thor. Uh Thor. Well, it, Thor hey, look, it's not that he didn't need four movies. It's that two of those movies are trash. Yeah, I mean, Love and Thunder. We, it had high hopes. The, the the expectations for that movie was way up here, and Ty it did not. Ty could just put too much of himself in the movie. Like it was like it was fun the first time around, but you didn't need it to be all goofy and campy the second time around. But it was fresh. So it was Thor the Dark World. But yeah, so Taika Waititi is rumored to be starring in the Star Wars film that he's working on. He needs to not do that so much. It's Taika Waititi. He's always going to put himself in every single movie he does. So I recently showed my wife Jojo Rabbit. That movie is so good. Okay, where are you going with this? It's a good movie. They're my Taika Waititi. Okay, you could have brought up what we do in Shadows as well. I didn't show her that. There was another one he did. That was, uh, what, what's it called? What was it called, dude? Help me out. No idea. Hang on. Cat alone. Leave the goddamn cat alone. I, I can't keep her outside, sir. She has to come in. She was no, I thought you were. Room. I thought you were picking the cat up. Oh, no, I let her in the room. Hunt for the Wilder People. So, yeah. He was also in that. So, yeah, he's always going to put himself in everything he does. Mm, okay. 
All right, next topic. But yeah, so next story. I should take some mirrors, but I'm not going to do that. Go ahead. I don't know. You're talking about the Avatar um, exclusive digital release. It's it's not an exclusive digital release. Exclusive, yeah, it sets an exclusive digital release date. Okay. Oh, I'm not nah, I just said something. All right. So Avatar 2 uh, uh, says exclusive digital release date includes three hours of bonus content. What? Yes, Mayor, but guess what? What? In order to get that bonus content, you have to actually buy the movie. Yeah. You're not going to buy the movie. What, what, what makes you say that? You didn't even buy the first one, so don't give me that shit. This isn't about me, sir. But you, you talk about it like you're going to get it. Oh boy, oh boy, that Avatar comes out on March 28th. Um, I just want to see the movie again. It was fire. And this is what I don't get. So, what's the point of saying it's an exclusive digital release date? The whole, the keyword of exclusive means for a specific person, correct? All right, let me, how about, let me, let me elaborate. So, in a statement to the press, 20th Century Studios announced that Avatar The Way Water, Water at Water will be available from all major digital retailers, including Prime Video, Apple TV, Voodoo, and movies everywhere. So from March 28th. Huh? I said, how's that exclusive? It's everywhere. Uh, distributors will also reveal the Avatar Secret will come packed with several hours worth of additional material, including cast and crew audio commentary, multiple behind the scenes featurettes. The film itself will display in 4K ultra quality, accompanied by Adobe Atmos audio. Yay! Yeah, one of us is excited. Stop it. I'm, I'm legitimately going to see this movie again. Yeah, but you're not going to buy it. Like I said, you're going to go the other route. Uh, it, it, might, it might hit Disney Plus. Yeah, but you might go the other route before it hits Disney Plus because who knows when it's going to. Because they didn't even announce when the hell it's coming to Disney Plus. We know that it's coming to uh, DSPs for purchase. Disney Plus might not be for another month. So like I said, you can go the other route. And then when it hits Disney Plus, you might delete it off your computer. But then again, you probably won't because you still got the first one on your computer, right? No, no, do it. I have my legally purchased Blu-ray rip. Stop the cap. On my computer. Let's see. I'm checking now. Because Samir did not buy it. So why is the cap right now? I don't know what you're talking about. This is the only thing on my computer that's that's uh this, but everything else is solid state or, or envy me. It takes forever for this thing to try to load. Uh, it's like a, a faster standard of N.2 drives. It's basically a faster form of NAND memory. Okay. Oh. Which is a, it's, it's a fancy solid state. That's all you have to know. Okay. So, while well, Samir struggles for that. I ain't struggle nowhere. I don't struggle. Well, anyway, James Gunn is sick and tired of you motherfuckers on Twitter, okay? So, what we do? I mean, not you. You're not an incel, proud boy, crack-ass cracker. So, Jane's going to decide to clap back at all the people, all the racist Marvel trolls who are mad that he cast um, Chibudu Uji as a high evolutionary. 
Big deal. All right. The High Evolutionary, isn't he like red? Yeah, we don't know what color he is. They he's, like, he he's, he's like red. He's not even, if he Bro. was ever at one point looked human, he don't look human now. I mean, yeah, but people are mad that. Um, well, I'm okay, a black person. If I'm okay, look, here's the thing. If I'm going to be mad about that cast, it's the fact that they didn't put him in makeup. Cast him. He's probably a great actor. Great. Go for it. Black Power. Can he look like the High Evolutionary, though? I mean, That's my don't... problem. Okay, so the High Evolutionary's had many different looks. True. We just know him from that main red look that he's had like the past 30 years. Hell, bro. bro that's a long bro. time, though. Yeah, but bro, perfect example. Spider-Man Unlimited. You remember that little show got canceled after one season? Uh. What about it? The High Evolutionary looked like fucking High Father from the New Gods. Huh. Well, anyway, so yeah, so here's what one of the trolls, well, here's what some of the trolls wrote on uh, Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. Damn it. Another white guy, they made it to a black guy. Why couldn't they just leave him white or, I don't know, pick a different guy? He was never white, though. How about Asian or a Latino? How many Latinos and Asians are in the MCU? Like a total of five? Or Bro, he's been red. For the longest, he's never been white. Yeah, because they don't and won't. It makes them well. Next time, a major character, hero, or villain will be trans or homosexual or non-binary. When in the comics, they are not sad and pathetic. They're picking based on race and what's PC and not acting like what's established. So I'm getting tired of fake fandom. He's been red for forty years. Here's what I'm looking at a comic strip from like what year is this comic? It look old as hell. But he is red in this comic. He hasn't looked human in forever. We don't know what he originally looked like. Yeah. So here's what James Gunn said. I chose the best actor, period. And the best person for the role. I don't give a shit what the ethnicity uh, Chibuti Ujiri is. So stop with your racist presumptions on why he was chosen. And by the way, he's a guy who... He's playing a guy who's almost been purple in the color. All right. Thank you. Said, I couldn't have thought of a better character to as a skill uh, with a skill set to join MCU with because there's something very Shakespearean about him and there's something very very emotionally dark about him and he's a lot of fun on top of that the costume like you mentioned the day I put on the costume because he looks very different from what he is in the comics but the costume just worked so yeah guys don't forget that Guardians of the Galaxy will be dropping on May 5th from Disney and James Gunn Ain't got time for your shit, cause I mean, uh, James Gunn does have time for your shit, cause he gonna clap back every single time. So James Gunn basically said, "Fuck you and your mama." <laughs> Anyways, I, I just think he needs to he needs to look the part and put him in makeup, but not good cast. Okay, but he might be wearing a helmet, cause the the suit pretty much looks accurate, but he he might be wearing a helmet. I don't like how the MCU been treating helmets lately. Why people got to take off their helmets, dude? No, they don't. When they do that, who who doesn't? I've seen full comics where Tony don't take off his helmet, like full full issues. That helmet stay on. It's like every time they got something to say, helmet off. Screen time, helmet back on. Helmet off. Okay, but when was the last time you read an Iron Man comic? Because Tony, it depends on the issue really and what's happening. Like you can see a fight, you know, you know, have it off. I can pull up a number of issues in recent years where he don't take off the helmet at all. Like, like I just recently caught up on Iron Man. Like, like there's been issues where he doesn't even have on his helmet. And there's been issues where he only has on his helmet. So like I said, it varies, dude. 
It also depends on the writer. Stop that. But yeah. What do you got? Okay. Well, um, we actually, I think, hang on. Wait a minute. Where are you going? What is it? No, we we might actually have some uh, housekeeping we, we overlooked. One moment. I didn't see any housekeeping. I'm I'm literally scrolling up and down. I did. I mean, you, you posted something that's in complete Japanese, so I don't know. That's why I'm pulling is. it up, making sure I'm translating it right now. Uh, okay, yeah. So this is some housekeeping that we overlooked that we got to talk about. So one of the greats passed away. I dare say a goat. Here you go, keeping everybody goat status again. Okay, so... Uh, Takahiro Kimura, who is best known for his uh, very unique character design that is easily recognizable. His uh, most notable works are uh, Code Geass and I think, hang on, let me pull up his other one. Oh, God, dude. You could have just stepped with Code Geass and kept going because, like I said, he's here now. I mean, yeah, but okay, so. I mean, he's been on a number of. He's, he's been a key animator on a number of, uh, of shows. So, yeah, Code Geass. Um, he also did some storyboarding for uh, Gundam C, uh, Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, C Destiny, uh, Superior Force Defender Gundam, Blood Plus, Gunsword. Whoa, I haven't seen that in forever. That one is a throwback. Yeah, he did the character design and chief animated director for Gunsword, which was a throwback, deep cut. No one knows about that. Um, uh, he was the chief animated director for a mobile fighter G Gundam, which is oof. Point is, go prolific career, and he'll be missed. It's like we lost another one, man. That, that, that one, this one hits right here. He passed away at the age of fifty-eight from amyloidosis. Um, yeah, I know, uh, in which abnormal proteins um build up in the tissues. There are several non-specific. All right. Point is, it, it it just it was a chronic issue that probably led to something else. Yes. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. yeah so rest in peace, rest in power, and um, yeah, we lost a great one. All right. So we're not gonna pretty much better man. Oh, I forgot about better man. Damn, it's a throwback. Okay. All right. So I'm actually gonna save that one for when we get into our review of Creed. So, again, we don't give two shits about Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League. Well, we care about it. I just want to keep ripping on it. Why do we care about it? Neither one of us are going to buy it. Sometimes you love to hate something. Sometimes you have to, you need something to hate. Okay, we can hate on it, but not care about it, Samir. In order to care about it. Sir, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. Hate and, and love share the same coin. In, yeah, in, two sides of the same yin. And yin. indifference is in the middle. No, indifference is not in the middle. Indifference is you don't give, you have no emotion towards it whatsoever. And I have no emotions towards right. it. Right. Hatred is a very intense emotion. Okay. It fine. is parallel. So, 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 something we are indifferent about. Is that better? Yes. But right, so, I hate it. I hate everything about this game. Bitch, make up your mind. I hate it. So, so Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League has been delayed again. But no known release date, so I don't know what. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do. Basically, I think they're going to retool some of the uh, um, live service aspects. They may remove them all together, which is going to be very hard to do. 
if they can't remove the the, the gun mechanics out of the game because no, that's the whole game. To, they would have to rebuild the whole game from yeah. So I don't know how long this game is gonna be under, but they screwed the pooch and uh, they're gonna have to pay the price. Right, no, so, this game was gonna fail. There's no. It, I'm sorry. They had that scene writing on the wall. This game was gonna fail. I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. They saw they wanted the Fortnite crowd to come in. Yeah, but they saw they saw Avengers go down. They they uh people and technically people, they didn't see Avengers go down because people Avengers saw go people down. have been taking dumps on Gotham Knights since it came out. Keep in mind that was in Rock City. That was one of those. It games. don't matter. It's like it came out and people saw that it was a live service game and they took dumps on it. The game was not well received. So then this game comes out. Everyone's already hating on hey, it. There's not hey, a single hey, street. Hey, 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 speaking of dumps on Gotham Knights, are we going to watch the pilot and shit on it next week? That comes out. Tuesday. It comes out on Tuesday. Oh, man. I can't wait to see how bad that show is. Anyways, yeah, so the point is there's not a single uh, positive uh, positive preview of this game. Like, they gave us a comprehensive presentation. Not a good one, but a comprehensive one. And no one had anything nice to say about that uh that presentation or what they showed us. Everyone hated it. Yeah, everyone was like, what the shit is this? But yeah, so, so a reporter by the name of Jason Schreier, he actually posted a tweet. I don't know if he's got some type of inside deal with Rockstar. You know who Jason Schreier is? No, I don't. I believe he's my IGN. Don't tell me. He's from IGN. But not mistaken. He, he actually works at Bloomberg. Does not work for IGN. Nah, he, he ain't gonna take it. I am looking at his Twitter right now. It says, reporter at Bloomberg, co-host of the Triple Click Pod, New York Times bestselling author of Press Reset plus Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. That says nothing on his Twitter bio about IGN. Oh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. That's, that's where I know him from or something else. But I've heard that name a lot. He's definitely Kotaku. There it is. That's where we know him from. Not, not IGN, Kotaku. Well, maybe he doesn't work there anymore. No, well, he worked there from 2011 to 2020. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I knew he was a big name in the in, in the, uh, in the journalist industry. So he said, for what is worth, a delay like this is mainly for polish, not to overhaul the core gameplay that caused the backlash. Suicide Squad started off as a game, as um, started off as a game as a service. What the fuck? Did he like? Did he do this drunk or something? He said, Suicide Squad started off as a game as a service and will remain one. Short of a complete reboot, which would require a much longer delay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm good on this game. Not even pre-ordering it. I mean, Kevin Kevin Conroy's last performance is Batman, and they just shit the bed. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We'll still talk about it when it comes out, obviously. And, you know, Initial reactions and whatnot, but yeah, neither one of us is buying this game. I mean, unless the bear decides to go gray market, justify the purchase. Nope. But yeah, so talk to me. All right, I'm going to do a hot take on um a, a show I've been watching that's that's very endearing and well done. Um, so I had the pleasure of watching the first. Eight or so episodes of um, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, and I you saw watch Moon the Girl and Double Dinosaur. Keep in mind that's probably going to be twenty episodes, but you can't watch Goddamn Superman and Lois, which is fifteen hour long episodes in a dead universe. 
It's, the universe is dead. It's an Elseworlds story. The universe is dead. You watch the Batman, you gonna watch goddamn Joker, Folly, and Jew. Guess what? Elseworlds. Dead. Continue. Anyways, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Near and dear to my heart, this, this, this show has definitely just won me over immediately. And, and it, I just can't sing in enough phrases. So, I mean, the premise is pretty simple. We have Lumella Lafayette in this particular iteration. She's 13 and not younger. What is she in the comic? Like eight? Somewhere between eight and 10. She right. Yeah. So she's now because now they gave her a new book just because the show came out. She might be older now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So like 13. Parks Brothers. Yeah. Okay. They going to stay in years old. Uh, yeah. 13 year old genius living with her, pa- her parents and grandparents on the Lower East Side of New York. See, where uh, grandparents came from? Uh, they gave her, they, they, they want to have her, a more close nuclear family. Her, her grandparents help out. They actually were, they actually had a lot of Flavor City family. Um, yeah, so she uh, activates a portal and a red horned Tyrannosaurus steps out with the, and with the support of her friend um, Casey, she becomes a superhero named Moon Girl and names the dinosaur devil. Dinosaur. Devil dinosaur. So, uh, off rip, the show is uh, highly expressive and very colorful, and I love the uh, highly kinetic and um, and just fluid way they animate everything. And uh, they take a lot of pages from other modern contemporaries in its in its own vein, like Steven Universe and or um, another show that's close to dear to my heart, Adventure Time. And a lot of their um, episodes deal with music and other themes themes of emotion um, emotion and just growing up. It's a really good show. And I, I'll always champion a show that ha- that gives little um, girls of color self-esteem. I'll always back a show like that. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I just don't like the hyper-animation of it, per se. Like, from what? On the trailer. Because, bro, that's not the moon girl I was reading, like, four years ago when the book came out. So yeah, but I mean, you yourself knows that when they when they switch a, an artist and a writer, a show's theme could, the, the tone could change drastically. On a Disney show, not so much. Yeah, but I've seen that. Do, I've seen them do that in books all the time. Yeah, that's a comic. Now I'm talking like they pulled a complete 180 from the the concept of the original series. And basically, yeah, but it, the it's giving spirit, ten titans, giving Teen Titans go, dude. It's not, and you, you, you're, you're actually very wrong. This show definitely doesn't take it. it this show isn't a satire of itself. Teen Titans is a satire, and it definitely I pokes mean, fun of itself. This show does not this, poke fun of itself. I mean, this can't really poke fun of itself because, dude, I don't know of anyone who had children at the time when this book came out originally in twenty. When the hell did the first Moon Girl and Dinosaur series come out? 2015. Oh, it's been long? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but it just seems like it's over-the-top animation. I mean, like, the... It's kind of hard to explain, dude. The over... So, I'm going to stop right there, because... Like, everything is... like, 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 I've seen a few clips, and... My guy, you, you remember that first arc of her book? She swapped brains with a dinosaur and she flipped out in the middle of class. I'm talking drool, snarling. She turned into a monster. 
in this little girl's body. That is already over the top. That book has always been over the top. Okay, but also her 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 choice in costume. She's a child. I mean, yeah. I mean, a child would pick that as a costume, but I just feel like they're gonna drop the ball, like because I don't. With everything that happened with humans, I don't even think they're gonna make her inhuman. She's still gonna be a girl with a dinosaur. Is she inhuman? Yes, that was her backstory. She's a goddamn human. That's why she switched brains with devil dinosaur. Oh, okay, that might be that. No, that was it. Ain't no bite. So yeah, I just feel like they're gonna drop the ball and just. Well, unfortunately, inhumans are dead. So we yeah, do? not watch the show. <laughs> oh yeah, she is inhuman. I just told you that, bro. Why do you gotta Google stuff like I don't know the stuff off the top of my head? You do this every single time. I don't. It's just I was surprised. I forgot about that that part of the story. But I just told you that. And you're like, mm, I don't know. Um, oh shit, Bernard was right two seconds ago. But yeah, so Samir's enjoying the show. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm still waiting for season two. I mean, I just love so much about the show. I mean, you have. Like her goggles, like how expressive they are, they're constantly changing and, and turning into um, so, various so punctuations. So, so it's giving Deadpool and Spider-Man helm, uh, mask? I guess, sure. I mean, she when she uses her goggles, yeah. Also, uh, again, I, I have to touch on the music. The music is done very well. They well, considering some- the fact that Diamond White provides the voice of uh, Moon Girl, yeah. she was actually on freaking The Voice. Yeah, X-Factor. Yeah, X Factor. So, so yeah, she's she's a singer. She's actually been on a few things. She's been voices on Phineas and Ferb, Transformers. She was on the Big Bang Theory for an episode. Uh, the Haunted Hathaway, Sophia the First, Girl Meets World, Black Fish, The Lion Guard, Sing It, Fresh Off the Boat, Cold Black, Dear White People, Pinky Pinky Malinky, Empire, uh, and apparently she's also on the Goddamn Bold and the Beautiful since twenty twenty. I mean, also, I mean, come on, get him props for casting Lawrence Fishburne as uh, the Beyonder. Lawrence Fishburne ain't got nothing to do. He got a lot to do. He was just a John Wick. Bro, Lawrence Fishburne being John Wick movies for all of 10 minutes. Need to get, know what you need to do? Get a stopwatch. Go go watch John Wick 3, Parabellum. Start the stopwatch whenever he's on the screen. Pause him when he's off the screen. Start him when he's on as a matter of fact, I'm going to probably do that and see how long Morris Fishburne is in the goddamn John Wick movie. I'm just saying. But yeah. All right. Anyways, I think everyone should give this show a shot. It's really good. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, right now, I'm loving it. Yeah, I, I enjoy the fact that, you know, it's an all-black cast. So we got For the most part. Well, yeah, the only person who is, you know, not black in the main cast it's Fred Tadaschiori who does No, also her best friend who is um Latino. Casey? Yeah, she's a uh, Puerto Rican and Jewish. Okay. So two people What's hang on. What? Did they Okay, so she has two dads. So like Bro, I was Puerto talking Rican? about the actual actress, not the not the character. Oh. But the uh, know, actress... she's white. She's white. I just looked at Yeah. Up. But yeah, I mean, she was just made for the movie. No, actually, she's not. She's Mexican. Uh, she's Mexican. Yeah, Mexican Jewish. born and Jewish. Damn, yeah. they went. They went hard on this cast. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Disney is trying to, to rectify a lot of the uh, whitewashing that they've done over the past one hundred plus hey, years. 
Better late than never. I'm like, this is hard. They found a Latino and a Jewish person. They like, yo, we gotta get this right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, and shout out to Jermaine Fowler for providing the voice of her father. He was on the show I watched on CBS for a few seasons called uh, Superior Donuts. He's also, did you ever watch Sorry to Bother You? Yes, a lot he of plays Lakeith Stanfield's friend. Oh, you know the one he's going back and forth. May your day be successful. I wish for you all the success in the world. That's that was a funny scene. Yeah, that's Jermaine Fowler. And Gary Anthony Williams is uh, Pops. He was the uh, big dude on Malcolm in the Middle, whose son was in the wheelchair. Yes, I know who. Yeah, I know who that okay. is. He was also goddamn Bebop. And, and he also. Oh, yeah. I, I, okay, again, some of the things in that movie were, were entertaining. He was also in uh, Hair and Kumar. Yes, he was. Uh, Samir's recommendation, guys, check out Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur on Disney. Uh, is all the episodes also on Disney Plus? Because I know Disney does, um, like Disney Plus the next day, like how they do with Hulu. So I don't know if it's I think that's movie. one of those shows because I'm uh, the, the episodes are popping up really quickly. So, how the hell are you watching it on Disney Plus? So I just asked you if it's on Disney Plus, you could have said yes. I said, yeah. No, you didn't, but whatever. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get my next story because Samir was on this Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur rant. So I got to go back to my tablet, get out the Suicide Squad stuff. Another story. Because I'm saving the crew stuff for when we actually get into the movie. Oh, so a little bit of video game news. So for those of you who have last-gen systems, Unfortunately, you cannot play Hogwarts Legacy until May 5th of this year. So that sucks. Uh, I haven't even started it yet. I just installed it. I'm still playing Dead Space at the moment. And some news that I'm just like, um, why? Uh, we're getting a new Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi game. So yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah, this actually just got announced a few days ago for like a 54 second trailer. And everyone is geeked up and excited. No. I mean, the funny thing is, bro, I, didn't, I still need to see Bandai, like, officially announce this. Like, I'm going to their, um... It's, it's real. But, yeah, so, like, bro, like, a tweet from a day ago is from One Piece, Elden Ring, uh, Park Beyond, Tekken 8, uh, Jojo Bizarre's Adventure, Gundam, Heavy Arms, but yeah. Oh, nope. That's DLC for Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which I don't get because, bro, they decided to drop the Season 2 shit. One Piece Odyssey. Uh, what's that? My Hero uh, Academia One's Justice. But yeah, I mean, like I said, <laughs> wait, nope. That's about the championship for uh, fighters. Yeah, they didn't actually officially announce it, but hey, I mean, they didn't deny it either, so going to get this game when it comes out. Um, I've never been a big fan of Tenkaichi. I didn't really care for the um, the open world arena style battle that they had going on back then, but it might be better this time around. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that either. Um, it wasn't that competitive. It was very unbalanced. It really did feel unbalanced. I didn't want... It gave me Mortal Kombat Daily Alliance vibes. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, because remember, you know, we just sidestepped and just like... It was just... It, it just didn't feel right for a fighting game. 
That's no, I mean, no, size seven can be great in a, in a three fighter. I like mean, Tekken, for instance. I was going to say and Soul Calibur. I mean, when was the last Soul Calibur game? Well, te- the last, well, okay, so they actually nerfed sidestepping in the last Tekken. They just recently showed that they bought it back. Now, sidestepping to a uh, viable strategy now. Yeah, because I remember that was a big thing in Soul Calibur. I mean, I mean, not Soul Calibur, Tekken, and I'm not really a big fan of Tekken games. But, yeah, I was just like, okay, here we go. But yeah, so no release date on the Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi game yet. Like I said, Hogwarts Legacy for last-gen systems. So that's PS4, PS4 Pro, Xbox One, Xbox One Series S, Xbox One Series X, May 5th. So, Samir, you want to get into your last story before we get into our reviews of Creed? Uh, episode 18. You want to rush it, sure. Well, so we've been Marvel, talking for um, 40 minutes and I'm hungry. Whose fault is that? Marvel just unveiled their uh, newest superhero in Marvel Studios, What If. Uh, the character's name is Kahori. Yes. Yeah. And well, um, people are mad. <laughs> why? Again? Yes. Over this? Yes. It's like, okay, so basically, uh, it asks, what if the, it happened? What if the text wreck fell to Earth and landed in the sovereign? Hosi, Hosi, not die. I'm, I'm okay. Basically, a indigenous. Thank you. Before the colonization of America. Yeah, before the um, before the uh, colonization. Yeah. So essentially, they're gonna do what they should have did. Well, what they, what they, what they, what they would have done had they had an opportunity, which was don't trust some white folks and put them back on that boat. That's what they probably do, and that's what they meant. Basically. Yeah. 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 Oh, so people like oh, so so an- another. Another story based off of a false narrative. Excuse me? You mean... It's fiction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fiction, but, you know, oh, oh, so somebody also said, oh, let me guess, the white people are going to be the villains. I mean, if the shoe fit, if the shoe fit. (laughs) Let me say that. If the shoe fits, lace up, bitch. For real. (laughs) But yeah, so I can't wait for what if uh, season two to start. So, especially this episode, yeah, so I'm, be, I'm I'm with it. Yeah, so it says Tesseract takes on a new life in new mythology, transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars, and leaving Kahori, a young Mohawk woman, on a quest to discover her power. So they actually gave out a lot of information on this episode already. So it says, yeah, but I want to see how they, I want to see the presentation, the conclusion. I want to yeah. see the lead up, the build up, everything. I'm I'm living for it right now. Yeah, so so it says written by Ryan Little, who's also who's already a writer on what if it says the episode was created in close collaboration with members of the Mohawk Nation, like historian Doug George and Mohawk language expert Cecilia King, to ensure cultural authenticity. The episode takes place in the Mohawk language and is informed by the history of the Akaswanese region, which is now upstate New York. So Doug George is excited for viewers to see this episode. It tells a remarkable story of a native Mohawk perspective, which is truly unique and historical. It will give viewers new challenging entertainment perspective on the land's first peoples. The story is dramatic. The characters fully realized and the action sequences are breathtaking. The episode is exceptional in another sense. It's done with complete cooperation of the Mohawk people from dialogue to adornment. So I actually like them when, you know, people do things like this. So like how we had you know, pretty much the entire cast are ASL when uh, Kevion Woodward was on The Last of Us. Yeah. We got this with um, Prey last year. So Disney's 
Disney's doing the work diehard. Um, we also got it with Creed. So we're actually going to get into that because we got a lot of fun facts about that movie and everything that's happening with that. So I actually, I actually, I hope like, you know, Marvel, you know, treated the people of the Mohawk Nation with, you know, genuine gratitude. I mean, they didn't pull Adam Sandler, Dr. Jackson. What are you talking about? Ridiculous Six. I mean, that was a county, right? So no, I mean, but they they had told the um, the indigenous people on set and the consultants that they would also be authentic and respectful to their culture while they made while they made the comedy, and they weren't. And when the people said, "Hey, listen, this is a bit much. Can we walk this back?" They didn't listen, so they walked off the set, and then it, they just didn't listen to the criticism. People got upset and got offended. So, and they basically walked back what they said they would do. It's a whole thing. You can look at it's not it's not a good look for for, for Happy Madison. Damn. And Netflix. Right, right. Netflix is too um guilty too. Yeah, I think Netflix might have been like, no, do this. I don't know. I mean I feel like Adam Sandler wouldn't have done that. Yeah, he would. Bro, Adam Sandler from what from what you see of Adam Sandler online, he just seems like he So he that's not his first so his thing though, it's like you can argue because that's not his first time doing something like that. So he got a track record. Like, don't mess with the Zohan. That movie is not good. Not, 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 not in the sense of quality. Movie, his movie's dumb. Yes, I mean to say that it's subject matter, tone, and uh, and overall plot is insulting and offensive. Yeah, I remember going into that movie and I just. It, it's it's tasteless. It's, no, it's not good. No, I mean, it's it's one of those times, like, bro, like in the mid two thousand, I was just going to movies just to get laid. It's like, bro, this movie is bad. Want to just smash it? No, I'm, again, I'm not talking about writing, acting, or anything like that. Because that's all his movies suck. I'm saying, say I'm saying strictly the fact that he took the Israeli-Palestinian conflict that is still going on as we speak and made a movie and made a comedy about it. That's not in good taste. I know. Yeah. And on top of that, he he's he's on the he's on the the uh, opposing side. Like he's he, he's Jewish, so the fact that he chose that side is a bad look. Considering that you know historically the Israeli government has been very oppressive, and you know uh, to the uh, Palestinian uh, population in in the Gaza Strip, it's like I said, it's a it's a politically. Not a good stance to take, and he took it. And it's, it's that movie is not good. Yeah, I mean. So, anyways, like I said, that that he has a track record. I ain't want to get into it, but yeah, that you got a track record. Yeah, you got to take with a grain of salt. All right. So, review corner. What do you want to do first? We can either do Creed three, uh, The Mandalorian, or The Last of Us. All right, I feel like The Mandalorian is gonna be the shortest one, but let's knock that out quick. Alright. Let me get the the info on the Mandalorian real quick because I thought we were gonna do Creed first, but I forgot we also got all the little fun facts about Creed. I'm gonna go in on Creed. Uh, that, that don't sound good, dude. <laughs> I mean, what is, mean? That, is that a good thing? Cause you said I'm gonna go in on Creed, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna go in. Like I said, when you say that, it just doesn't balls deep. Sound good, but you really need to stop that. Alright. So, chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore, directed by Richard Morrison, 
uh, written by John Favreau. Synopsis, uh, synopsis is The Mandalorian and Grogu explore the ruins of a destroyed planet. So I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Um, I don't know what the fuck was going on with Din Djarin, but he was taking Ellis' whole episode pretty much. I mean, he was alone. He, he got taken by surprise. It happens. Multiple times, dude? Yeah. All right. So the episode starts with Din going back to uh, Tatooine, and um, I can never remember the name of the chick who's the mechanic. Say what now? What's, I can never remember the name of the chick. Uh, Pelly uh, Motto. So, oh. yeah, he goes to try to get the uh, memory core for IG-11. Wait, the- I feel like that, that side quest, like, oh, yeah, you can't get it. So, oops. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, nah, just take this other droid. Uh, yeah, the astromech droid. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess that's not going to happen. <laughs> and, um, I kind of want to see that. I kind of want to see the assassin droid back, but I guess we're not going to get that. I mean, do we feel bad for this uh, astromech droid? Because he ain't want to go. <laughs> yeah, but he's okay. Yeah, until they got the Mandalore where he got scooped up. No, oh, he's okay now. He got they they yeah, pulled him back out. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, after who knows how long. So, um, we get these weird cave creatures whose name I can't remember. Bo Katan, I've said the name of them. I don't think he did. She, I don't think she, she did. did. She did when Grogu went and got her. Because remember, she said they used to live in the woods or whatever, and now they just live in the ruins, drawing a blank. I mean, yeah, I mean. So not only did Din get abducted by them, he got abducted by this weird, like, alien one-eyed thing that was in the machine, then got into a bigger machine. And, bro, you think, okay, so quick question. When when, when Din told Grogu to go get help, because, you know, he's teaching him the ways. Yeah, he said go get Bo Katan. Yeah, and he's teaching him the ways of the Mandalorian. Do you think Bo was going to murk Din? When he, when he came no, back. but she was going to tell him because she wasn't in the mood. Yeah, she been having a, a like, bad like, couple of months. She was like, "I'm tired of this crap. I need to get rid of this dude." I'm, I'm, I mean, she went back and saved his life. No, she's not going to let him die. I mean, Din, can we? Din, Din was not in his best form in this episode. Not only no, he, he was drugged. Not no, he was getting his blood drawn. He wasn't drugged. <laughs> No, nah, he got hit with a sedative, too. That's why he couldn't fight back. Oh, well, that thing was draining him of his blood. Oh, uh, bro. It's like, he, he it's, I swear, he got found as a young man. He knows nothing of the Mandalorian culture whatsoever. He's just been no, he, indoctrinated yeah, he, he by the moon. Oh, I thought he grew up on the planet. No, he grew up on the moon. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, he never had the suit that they all had as children. He knows nothing of the mythosaur. He's just like, I'm going to bathe myself in the water of the Lake Minnetonka and get dragged down by the damn Mythosaur. And once again... So here's the, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Can we talk about that Bo-Katan wielded the, the Darksaber? With ease. Yes. If she just took the damn, if she just took the damn saber, she would have had a better set of time. Weird coat. Got to win it. You got a weird coat. You got to win it in combat. He tried to give it to her. She said, No. <sighs> I mean, who's in the cult here? They're both in the cults. Yeah, calling the spade a spade at this point. Nah, man, the watch is crazy, but I got to win this sword by combat. And, bro, I mean, I mean, and her morals are so freaking strict. She could have just, like, kicked him and said, hey, I won. After she got him out of that thing. But, yeah, once again, she got to save his life from the Mythosaur. 
which everyone thought was basically like the Loch Ness Monster, turns out to be real. So, yeah, I mean, thoughts and feelings on yeah, thoughts and feelings on the episode. I've already given my thoughts and feelings. I, then, I liked every moment of it. Um, then, then just taking L's left. I can always I can always use more Katie Steckoff. Yeah. Um, and uh, and but, but you didn't watch it on the Flash. Oh yeah, and you Grogu. Well, I'm not gonna watch the Flash. I mean, come on. But Grogu, yeah. uh, Grogu Man, using his uh, force abilities. Yeah, loved it. Did two flips. Yeah, and some force pushing and force pulling. Yeah, and everyone thought. And I'm glad they actually confirmed now his little um his little hover his little hover chair or whatever. It's not like Bluetooth, so he don't have to be near Din to use it. He controls it. It's remote control. Maybe he got a little joysticks in there. Who knows? But yeah, so I'm glad that's that's been a confirmation because I was I was actually arguing with people when that thing first popped up in season one of The Mandalorian. Cause I'm like, hello guys, he had it in the first episode, so. Why on earth would he need to be near Den to use it? Mm. But yeah. So what did we rate this episode? Uh, uh, eight. No. Nine point one. I'm giving it a nine. And Samir's giving it a nine point one because he just wants to be an asshole who just gets under my skin. But I'm giving it a nine because Den's just taking L's left and right, and Bo Katan not had to save his ass not only once but twice. And um, it's green what Petty was doing, basically um, scrap um, scrapping people's stuff and selling it back to them for a higher price. Hmm? You seem confused when I said that. No, I didn't see that. Wait, which part was that? When we go back to Tatooine, the guy's ship was um, was stripped. She had the Jawa stripped apart. Oh, yeah, okay. That's what it was, yeah. Okay, I caught that part, yeah. Yeah, so that was green. Uh, what are we going to do now? Do you want to do The Last of Us or you want to do uh, Creed? Last of Us. All right. So, guys, the penultimate episode of The Last of Us. I don't know why IMDb says 10 episodes when it's only nine. So, episode eight, When We Are Need. Uh, when We Are In Need, I'm sorry about that. Directed by Ali Abbasi. And this episode was written by Craig Mason or Neil Druckmann. I don't know. It, 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 I don't know if either one of them actually wrote the episode, but that's what IMDb says. So synopsis of the episode. Ellie crossed paths with a vengeful group of survivors and draws the attention of his leader. A weakened Joe faces a new threat. So I pretty much love this episode. Uh, Scott Shepard played David. Uh, Troy Baker, who, for those of you who don't know, is the voice of Joel in the game. He's also done voices and other things. I believe he was the Joker in Arkham Origins. Uh, I think he also did the... No, he didn't do the voice of Sonic. What the hell am I thinking about? Um, he's, he's done voice acting for, like, for years and whatnot. But he yeah. was James. He was David's right-hand man. So... Uh, David gave me creepy pedophile pedophile vibes. Uh, Troy Baker shot a horse. So it's Not funny really. that it, it says a lot that the most unsettling thing in this universe is a sex predator, right? And cannibals? Unknown oh, yeah. cannibals? A, a, a cannibal sex predator. Yeah, and and that's messed up, bro. It's just like, yo, you feeding these people their, their loved ones who died and telling them it's rabbit, venison, and everything else under the sun. So yeah, Ellie goes hunting. She takes down a deer because they are on their last leg of beef jerky. 
And Joe is still out for the count, and she comes across David and James after they find her 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 kill. And she's like, "Yo, we can split, and you know, we can share stuff with you." So David tells James to go back to the base and get some medicine, and he's like, "That's not cold. Literally, go get some medicine." And that uh, David and Ellie have a conversation, and you find out that one of the one of their members was actually killed by Joel in episode six. So the guy who basically prison shamed Joel with that baseball bat was one girl's father. And can we talk about how they got these people like basically like a cult? No, they definitely cult. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my they, question is, like, they they no. All right. You see this thing prevalent in, in, in media a lot, like especially with these post-apocalyptic um, setups where your boy threw the first punch. Why y'all mad he got murked? Like, if he would have chilled out, he wouldn't have got murked. <laughs> they acting like, oh, they need to go to bring the justice. I'm like, your boy threw the first punch. Yeah, but they don't know that. <laughs> My God. I mean, when they like Samir, same thing with Samir, you should know by now. There's always three sides to every story. Joel's side. The guy's side and the truth. So the other two guys who went back was like, probably like, yo, man, we got attacked. And, you know, I can't remember the guy's name. Mark got killed. By who? It was an old dude and a little girl on a horse. But Mark started it. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to say that. So, yeah, they took Ellie back to their um, home. And, you know, Ellie kind of found out that they were cannibals. And, can we talk about how she broke his finger and he just slammed her face up against the bars? I think Bella yeah. Ramsey played that. Perfectly. That was a good. That was a good line. It's like Ellie, tell the, the girl who broke, broke it your fucking finger. finger. That was such a good line. Oh my god! I mean, that was in the game, so I'm glad. Like, yeah, I, I'm glad. Like, some lines are being taken directly from the game, and sometimes you know they change it a little bit, just you know, so it's not exactly copy and paste. But some things need to be copy and paste. So like. Most of this episode was copy and paste from the game. Pretty much, yeah. The only thing, they changed two things. So they changed the weapon that Ellie kills uh, David with. So they changed it from a machete to a uh, meat cleaver. That's inconsequential, though. I get that, but I like the meat cleaver. It's just the long stroke, the long strikes as opposed, they just seemed like they were a little bit more in, in close. And um, the other thing was that Joel found Ellie outside of the uh, clubhouse. Yeah, as opposed to going in after yeah. her. And listening to the official podcast, they said that makes more sense because how the hell did Joel get in there? All right. Everything was locked up. So, yeah. So, we got one more episode left, man. Can't wait. Yeah. What do you rate this episode? Because this one, is, for me, is 10. Well, this is, a, this is like one of the episodes, one of the instances in the series that solidifies Joel's and Ellie's relationship, and I thought they executed it very well. Yes. Because Joel was basically useless in this episode because he was still recovering from, you know, his injury and, and that uh, that that germ-infested needle going into his skin. Um. So yeah, and also and Ellie just stabbing him in various places because she don't know where her vein is or how. So apparently, apparently, according to my paramedic roommate, it's not that that was ineffective. You could do it that way. It's just it would have been more effective for her to find a vein. Yeah, 
Yeah, but that is that is that, that that works too. It just looks really painful. Yeah. So yeah, what do you give the episode, dude? Uh, ten point zero. Okay. All right. So guys, check out the Last of Us on HBO and HBO Max Sundays at nine PM because last episode is here. When you guys will hear this episode. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, a movie that Samir kind of didn't want to review. I kind of coerced him into reviewing it. Creed 3, directed by Michael B. Jordan in his directorial, directorial debut. Did he also help write it? No, he did not. This was written by Keenan Coogler and Zach Balin. So this is a direct sequel to Creed 2, which was released in 2018. And it's the third film in the Creed franchise. And the, North, and the ninth film overall in the entire Rocky franchise. So it stars Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors, Wood Harris, Florian Montanu and Felicia Rasan. So basically, this follows Adonis Creed. He faced off against his childhood friend and former boxing prodigy, Damian Anderson, who was played by Jonathan Majors. So the movie, I missed like the first couple minutes because I'm putting them out there. Chris, Loco, Johnny, all y'all was late. Okay. So we missed like a, a few minutes at the beginning of the film. Once again, missing like the first five minutes of the film. So, I'm pretty sure it started off with, because um, I saw when Donnie beat up the guy from the uh, group home. So, I don't know how much of that I missed before that or what. I mean, do you, you also see the opening match? That, well, they show that. I no, they, show that they show that after like, no, the No, Adonis is an opening match. Adonis is opening yeah, match. Yeah, they show that after the flashback. Oh, okay. Yeah, it starts with the flashback, and then it cuts to his his final match in in two thousand two. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I, I guess I didn't miss that much. I mean, uh, I mean twenty twenty, not two thousand two. So yeah, the flashback was in two thousand two when they were kids, and then you know it cuts to his final match where he retires, and um, you find out that. So so, I have an issue with these movies. Mm-hmm. It's the timeline. So his final match is in 2020, and by then his daughter's probably like six or so. Okay. Because we jump forward to 2023. So what year does Creed 2 take place? Because his daughter was a newborn in Creed 2. Yeah. But remember, Creed 2 came out in 2018, so does it take place in like. Obviously 20, not. 2010? I mean. Obviously not. I just, I just wanted them to like. Why okay. is that important? They didn't, they didn't tell you the, they didn't tell you the, uh, the year. Any of these movies took place. It, it actually does. Creed two takes place in twenty seventeen. Oh, there you go. So, so maybe his daughter's like seven or eight. I don't know. Who cares at this point? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So she's five. That girl is too big to be five. That girl looked like she was maybe like eight. Probably six. She's definitely um She's yeah. definitely not uh a second grader. Yeah. So uh he he has his final match and retires and then we jump forward to uh two thousand uh twenty twenty three. I'm just gonna Right, because they, they did say two thousand two. No, no, yeah, they said 2002 for the flashback of when they were kids. And it says he won his match in 2020 when he retired. 
Yeah. It, it, it jumps forward. It just says present day. So I don't know if this movie is taking place in 2020 or 2023. That's what I'm talking about. Like the Rocky movies, they had a, a, a pretty solid timeline. So you knew where everything was. So, yeah. So basically, uh, his friend, uh, Damien, who was played by Jonathan Majors, went to jail when they were younger in the flashback. You don't get that because, you know, they got to they gotta build up to that. So he, right. gets out, he gets out of prison. Adonis is retired. He moved the Delphi Boxing Gym from um, basically where it was on, like, the east side of L.A. to, like, the west the west side of L.A. And, you know, it's a bigger complex. And he's he's more – he bought it, so he's basically the owner of it. And, what and he's managing fighters now, yeah. And he's managing. He's basically he's he's basically become Floyd Mayweather. Because Floyd Mayweather also manages fighters. I don't know if he has a boxing gym or whatnot, but yeah. And, and he's also got you know uh, he built up a nice rapport down with Victor Drago, so he's got a fighter um, who he wants to fight Drago. So Victor El Guerrero Chavez. So, but um, you also found out that you know Bianca. Who was played by Tessa Thompson has now moved from being on the stage to keep to being a producer. Yes, to being a producer. So she wants to say what she what she has left of her hearing. So if you haven't watched the other two movies, she has a hearing aid, and I'm actually glad that they actually show her where the hearing aid at at some point in the film because if you didn't remember that, you wouldn't know. But yeah, so um, Adonis and um. Damien reconnect and he offers him some money, but he's like, I don't want to hand out. And you know, he's like, so what's your plan now that you're out? He's like, plan never changed, man. I'm going to be the champ. He's like, yeah, kind of old. So can we talk about uh, the one thing that everyone is mad about? What? Jonathan Majors is actually younger than Michael B. Jordan, but he's playing an older character. Jonathan Majors is 33 and Michael B. Jordan is 35. Oh, I mean... Because he looks older. Does he? Uh, does it matter? No, but I'm just saying, like, that was one thing that people had an issue with the movie. So, yeah, you uh, a lot of exposition goes on, and, you know, um, you find out that, that he staged the attack on Victor. Yes. And, well, you find out after the fact, but yeah. Victor gets attacked, and then you know, the whole issue with the fight ensues because Felix gets gets loses and then he takes the title. Yeah. And then you later find out that he knew the guy that attacked Victor. Yeah. I kinda felt like that one was obvious. Like did you see that one coming? I mean I, it was fishy that um Victor gets attacked. Yeah. Also it's funny that he didn't hit well no, because he if, if he was not the, the champ can't fight, they would have called the whole thing off. Yeah. So they had to, he had the detective champ. Yeah, he had to he had to attack, you know, uh Victor. So yeah, we find out that Damien was actually writing Adonis letters for the longest, and Adonis claims he never got them, and we find out why. So uh Felicia Rashad kept those letters from him because she felt like Damien was a bad influence on him. Yeah. And we also find out that in between uh, Creed 2 and 3 that her character did suffer a stroke. And Adonis and Bianca won't, want her to move in with her, but she's refusing because she wants to live in the house that she lived in with Apollo. So, yeah. Um, yeah, 
uh, Damien basically kind of manipulated Adonis into giving him a title shot uh, because he kind of swayed it as to being a underdog story, very similar to Rocky's. And like Samir said, we also found out after he beat Felix. Oh, can we talk about how Felix punched his teeth out? Oh, yeah. Like, like, bro, like bro, when he could pull out the mouth guard and like his front teeth, were, I was like, shit, and he just spit the teeth out. It's like, so yeah, basically a friendship that was already on the verge of fracturing Splinter and Adonis went on uh, first take with Stephen A. Smith and Dane decided to call in and basically try to air him out. And keep in mind, at this point, Adonis has been retired for possibly two or three years, so he's out of shape. You know, he's got multiple injuries. and Yeah, he concussion. He got a busted liver. Like, yeah. it's like, yo, fractured hands. So, yeah, boxing, man, it's a... It takes it, all it, of you. Yeah, that's, that's why that's why Floyd Mayweather is such a defensive fighter. He didn't want to end up with concussions and CTE and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, if Adonis fought a little bit more like Mayweather, he wouldn't be in the condition that he's in. But so yeah, um, we get back to training. My only issue with this movie, outside of the the time, is we couldn't actually like film this like in in an actual boxing arena. Like the first two films, like. Bro, most of that audience was green screen. So if you go back and look at it, like everyone like in the nosebleeds and everything, that's all green screen as opposed to how they did it before. Like they rented out an arena, got a bunch of extras and whatnot. Well, honestly, I didn't notice. So I, I feel like MGM, well, Amazon is cutting corners now since they bought But I didn't notice. Did you notice? I did notice. I didn't. <laughs> I'm like, bro. I was, I was, so I wasn't trying to look at behind the, count, um, the camera. I, I, I wasn't trying to look behind the camera, but it just stuck out to me. Bro, I didn't notice at all. So, during in the arenas, like, for instance, Felix's entrance was breathtaking. Well, well, the entrance, those are actual people in the... Yeah. Yeah. Like, right there at the barricade. Yeah, that's what I focused on. That's what, like, that's what drew my attention. Everything else was just background noise. I didn't see any of that. But I'm saying, like, when you see them fight, but... Again, I wasn't looking at that. I was looking at the ring. I pay attention to everything. I always try to. Yeah, see. Yeah, that, yeah, I know you do. I'm sorry. That's just the way I am. I know. Get that stupid smile off your fucking face. I was talking about. But yeah, so those two actually go ahead and fight. Stadium. Can we talk about the final fight? How it eventually got to the point where they they basically zoned everyone else out, and I just so okay. Let's 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 pause that right there. So obviously. News is out. Michael P. Jordan drew a lot of inspiration for anime for this yeah, movie. Yeah, because, you know, um, he's corny, as we talked about last week. All right. Well, I, well, I thought what he did was breathtaking. And oh, no, I'm, I'm I do, too, for. but I'm, that's just me throwing a little shade out there. Everyone <laughs> calling Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Well, he is, is, well, he is is petty. He ain't had to bring it up. Anyways. <laughs> well, it was it was said recently. It, he wasn't holding on to that grudge since high school. And like I said, L'Oreal, L'Oreal didn't say it. Someone else said it. She said they used to make fun of the name, so y'all need to leave L'Oreal alone. I mean, all right, but, I but, but she did not have to say at the end of the interview. You're so, no anyways, this movie uh, drips 
with with anime homage. Yeah, so Dragon Ball, let's, let's, Megalobox. Let's um, talk about let's talk about uh Victor Drago's character. So you had a previous rival who is now friends with the main character. Yes. Shonen. All right. Uh I mean that had, happened with Rocky and Apollo. Yeah, but now it looks it's 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 there. It's with it. Uh it's very it's thematic. It's essentially uh, you have you have the the childhood friend slash brother figure coming back, you know, and causing the big brother, yeah, yeah, causing upheaval in the main character's life. Dragon Ball Show Z, me. yeah. Well, not I mean that is a lot of series yeah. do that, not just Dragon Ball, but that's just the uh, first one that popped in my head. Raditz. Well, I mean Naruto would be a better example of that actually. If you want to go for something that's more prominent, um, I didn't watch Naruto. Well, you suck. Anyways, what was I gonna say? Um, all right, yeah. So the final fight, uh, where, again, where they drew everyone out and they focused just on them and the metaphors, metaphors. I can't. They use the metaphors so well. So what makes a sports anime stand out are the metaphors. The metaphors basically signify and and uh, they, they 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 draw a lot of symbolism from the characters' uh, will. And their skill level on defense. Because honestly, I'm sorry, sports are boring. But if you, if you use metaphors and embellish and emphasize, they look exciting. And that's what they do with metaphors. So you have these two characters who are battling against each other, all this drama, this connection, uh, this shared trauma that they have. And it's basically on display on the ring with them, and that's what the metaphor shows. It's very, it's very anime. Yeah, because they show that, I'm here for it. They show that when they when they isolate them specifically to the ring, they show yeah. them still seeing themselves as well, seeing the opposite, their opposition as that kid that they grew up with for like a few seconds before they get up and start going at it again. Yeah. Um, also, can, the, can we the talk about the, the nearly double uh, knockout punch? The double knockout punch. Yes. Again, I'm here for it. That's very anime. Love it. it um, also, the, the, the close, the, the heavy blows with the, the sweat coming out the body. Yeah, that was the, straight, the, dragon, the that was straight Dragon Ball Z, uh, Super Saiyan Goku versus Frieza. It, it looks, it looks so good. So good. I'm here for it. Love it. Yes. So. Uh, oh, we didn't. Talk I will about say this: I have one. I have one slight nitpick. If what? I can say, if I can nitpick this movie, this movie's perfect for me. If I can nitpick one thing, sure. The training montage did not hit as well as the first Creed. The first Creed, the training montage in that, the first two. Well, no, well, okay. The first, the first, the second one had a great one too. But the first one, for some reason, and this is me specifically. I don't know what it was, but my emotions hit a crescendo watching that. That that montage in the first one, you had him sprinting down the street. You had the the dirt bikes. I don't know what that scene did to me, but it spoke to me on a deep level emotionally. And I didn't get that feeling in the montages of the preceding movies. So, they were good. I'll tell you why. Because you moved from Philly to New York. Hmm. You don't have the dirt bikes and all that stuff in in L.A. I mean, I said New York. I'm in L.A. So remember, the first one takes place in Philly and ends in New York. So all the training he does is originally in Philly. So he's got everyone behind him, just like Rocky had everyone behind him when he was running up the stairs. He has no one behind him besides the people training him in two and three. So 
You know, actually, that that's nothing I point out. So again, his uh, his brother figure, um, Damien, has he, he's a, he's a man uh, on a mountain by himself, right? Where no man is a mountain. Whereas yeah. Adonis has friends. He has he has he has Victor. He has Felix. He has his wife, daughter, the spirit of his mom. He has his trainers. It's like he has all his friends. His friends give him strength. <laughs> also, can we talk about the talk no jutsu? So you don't watch Naruto, but the 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 term talk no jutsu um, became a thing because shonen characters tend to stop fights and talk to their to their opponents, and they show they 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 have common ground. Obviously, they didn't do that here, but they did at the end where they where they found common ground and and forgave each other. Yeah, so that's whole movie could have been avoided if someone just apologized. <laughs> There wasn't need. To, they, they didn't need to pause. They needed to talk. That's what they. That's, that's what I meant. They needed to talk and air it out. Yeah, pauses weren't necessary. It was really they needed to talk. Not, I mean, because the, the whole point is they, they were children. Apologized. They apologized when they spoke. Yeah, they did, but they were children, and they needed they needed to, to talk out their trauma. Yeah. Also, therapy, y'all. Therapy. Black men. Therapy. Yes. All right. God dang it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's better help. There's talk space. Uh, you can go to Taraji P. Henson's um, website for the the yeah the, the Boris Morris Lawrence Henson Foundation. I'm pretty sure I messed it up, but just look it up. Uh, they also have uh, online where you can find like you know if you want a black therapist. So like they'll find they have like lists of black therapists in like your uh, area. And I do believe some of them offered free therapy. So yeah, just all right. So uh, so yeah, the movie ends with um, Adonis winning by knockout, and so I'm pretty sure he retired again because, bro, you got three, four belts again. So you're the undisputed heavyweight champion again. So just really, I don't know if he can just outright retire. I mean, can he? I mean, I guess they can get him. He are he came out of retirement for this fight. Yes, I think they can let him go back in. Yeah, but I don't know if he can just outright retire after winning the belt. He yeah, might have to if anything, I really felt like this should have been an exhibition match. You know, doesn't affect your record whatsoever. Like if he would have lost, that's why Floyd Mayweather just still does exhibition matches, so it doesn't affect his record of like what is it, fifty and. Oh, or 50 and 1 or something like that. I think he has like one It's loss. a good record. Let's yeah. say that. Yeah. But uh, we didn't talk about his daughter knocking out that one deaf girl. Look, look, if you don't want none, don't don't start none. Yeah. But you, you messed up that whole saying, but whatever. Don't start none. <laughs> Don't be none. But yeah, so he, he was he was low. Knock if you buck. Did you just tell me to read between the lines? No. But yeah, so he low-key teaching his daughter how to fight, and that became a whole thing. And once again, every issue in this movie could have been handled with a freaking conversation. He could have had a conversation with his mother before he blew up and basically caused her to have another stroke. He could have had a conversation. That's not what caused her. I don't think it was caused a stroke. Bro, she was, it was just her time. He pushed her over the ledge. He could have had a conversation with his wife instead of blowing up in, uh, on her in front of their daughter. Everything could have just been handled with a conversation. No, stop. Stop putting up walls, people. Yeah. So, we got some news already um, about everything that Michael B. Jordan wants to do with this. 
So we already know that there's a uh, Drago spinoff coming from MGM. Hence that, that, I believe that's the reason why Sylvester Stallone was involved with this one whatsoever. I don't know. It seems like he, he kind of got some bad blood with MGM, so I don't know if they're trying to kick him out of it and everything. But yeah, so. Um, these are all rumors. Okay, so uh, Michael B. Jordan wants to do a pre-anime. I'm here for it. Sure. We can get some like straight up anime fights on the style of like Megalobox and Baki Grappler and whatnot. Uh, he also wants to do a live action television series. And um, he also wants to do a project focusing around um, um, Amara, his daughter. So he's played by me. I, I, will, I will watch that. Yeah. So he said like one of the biggest things that he had to learn in this film was ASL. So he was going over everything with the um, with his teacher, like he was like doing doing lessons like for like five hours straight and like doing like quick lessons like before takes and everything. He also had to learn how to direct because this is his directorial debut. So came out fresh, I think at a 78, 79, something like that. But congratulations to Michael B. Jordan and all the success to him. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, the box office eight, is doing very eight, well so far. 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, the box office is doing well. So they already broke a hundred um, hundred million yeah, exactly. and they're gonna continue to get money. Yeah. And the budget was only like seventy five. Yeah. I don't know if do um it might start to taper down because screen did just come out. And I actually saw it. Who knows? I saw it uh, Friday night. Pretty good. So uh I think we can skip C C five. Just yeah. off of Tomato School because I already know some more stuff. I'm not going to spend money on this. It's 33%. It's 33%. Fuck that. I love Battle Driver, but fuck that. So I might still go see it on Tuesday. Uh, on Tuesday, shout out to uh, Cinemax Theaters. But, Tamara, what do you give Creed 3? Uh, I love every moment of it. I have no notes, per se. So I will give it a solid uh, 10.0.1. Uh, yeah, I'm giving it a 9.75. Just, like I said, the time issue, the, the time. The timeline is kind of skewed, but that's really my only issue. So, yeah, nine and three quarters for me, guys. So, I think we are going to call it after we've been talking for an hour and a half. So, this is Bernard, aka the Scarlet Spider. And this is Samir, the King in Black. And that was another episode of the Andy Blurs podcast. Uh, join us next time. Same Blur channel, same Blur network. Yeah, guys, so next week, we will be doing the final episode of The Last of Us. Yeah. So, 19. Giraffes or bus? Okay, episode uh, 19. You always got to pick up these goddamn cats. Uh, episode, the internet loves cats. Episode 19 of The Mandalorian. Nobody watches this, dude. We get like probably like five views a week. And uh, Why are you hitting? Then you know what? We Look, she'll be a star. She'll bring it. Look. Oh, my gosh. She's so beautiful. In Scream 6. So, guys, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. And we will see you next week. Live longer, prosperous, and tell the people goodbye. Tell the people goodbye, Emerson. She says goodbye. Bye, people. <laughs> Put down the damn cat. <laughs>